welcome to the Love Your Life Project, a gentle guide to living a wholehearted, meaningful life. In these trying times, listen to stories, poems, musings, mystical wisdom to inspire you, bringing a little more light to your day. I'm Anuramana. Hello again, friends. Thanks for joining me today on our continued journey of exploring the vast, wild, mysterious, and miraculous path towards self-love. <laughs> I'd like to start out with the gift of human love as an opening into, as a, an invitation to the larger love that encompasses all those experiences and expressions of love that we've been graced to feel in our lifetimes and are seamlessly woven into the expanse of true love. There's some beautiful words by the spiritual teacher Jeff Foster that describe this so well. He says, Love holds the other lightly. It doesn't cling or attempt to control. Love only wants the best for the other, only wants them to live their fullest life, find their deepest joy. Love wants them to learn to love their bodies and their own deepest feelings and to find new ways to take care of themselves. I love you and I want you to flourish. I love you and I want you to flourish. I love you and I want you to flourish. You can maybe imagine that is love speaking to you, directly to you. I love you and I want you to flourish. And Jeff Foster goes on to say, Maybe it takes a lifetime to discover the one you've always longed for was actually deep inside of you. And to have the one reflected by another, a partner, a friend, a lover, a therapist, or an animal, a tree, a mountain, even the moon or the vastness of the cosmos, to have any of that reflected to you even if only for a moment, well then, you know heaven on earth. Well then, you know heaven on earth. So beautiful, these words. So true. I mean, think about it. A slice of heaven while you're still here on earth, offered to you every time your heart opens to love. There's a kind of merging that happens and a softening of separation. So there's a natural return to oneness, to the one. Wow, really is amazing to, to contemplate. And of course, there still awaits that sometimes long and winding road from personal love 
to the embrace of a larger love, which is our true home, our true belonging. We could say from the small, daily, regular self that dictates most of our lives to the capital S, self. Those vast depths of beauty out of which we arose can go by many names. Consciousness, God, truth, the beloved. For me, the beloved feels most fitting. You're probably familiar with the poems of the mystics Hafiz and Rumi, who wax lyrical about the wondrous beloved. And at first, and for a long time for most of us, that beloved is out there, is other, is some magical being unto which we pour our love and devotion, our hopes and challenges. And it's an amazement, really. It's an astonishing thing to discover eventually that the beloved is our own self, that we are inseparable from that bountiful, endless love, that we are indistinguishable from it because we are it. But first, we usually take baby steps in that direction. Somehow, the wonderful innocence of early life, that childlike wonder and excitement that we came in with, is overtaken by the lure, the seductive attractions of the world. A lovely illustration of this is Marie Howe's poem called Prayer, which I'll share with you now. Prayer. Every day I want to speak with you, and every day something more important calls for my attention. The drugstore, the beauty products, the luggage. I need to buy for the trip. Even now, I can hardly sit here among the falling piles of paper and clothing, the garbage trucks outside already screeching and banging. The mystics say you are as close as my own breath. Why do I flee from you? The mystics say you are as close as my own breath. Why do I flee from you? My days and nights pour through me like complaints and become a story I forgot to tell. Help me. Even as I write these words, I am planning to rise from the chair as soon as I finish this sentence. Help me. Even as I write these words, I'm planning to rise from the chair as soon as I finish this sentence. Ooh. I love the honesty in this. And it's true, we, we fall for that shining thing just beyond our reach. Over and over we do it. And it's all part of the merry dance, really, that we do on this planet. Until it doesn't feel so merry anymore. And we start looking, seeking, searching for something larger than ourselves. For meaning, for a purpose 
to this wild, unpredictable life. We realize as we're humbled by daily experience, which we are very often, that we're not really in control at all. I mean, do you wake up and say, oh, today I think I'll be angry or I think I'll be depressed? Or even with a carefully planned itinerary for the day, life intercedes with all kinds of unexpected twists and turns. And it's how we respond to those surprises that determines the quality of our daily life. If we're lucky, actually, we are worn down by life. We've exhausted most of the brilliant distractions, found them to satisfy us for only so long. And maybe it takes a lifetime or facing mortality or some traumatic event. And we realize our time on earth is limited, finite, or we're simply just too weary to keep efforting, to keep striving for impermanent, shiny objects in the world. And we finally lay down our defenses, lay down our protections, our ego, offer it all back to the source from which it came. After all the wondrous love affairs with others, with possessions, with things, we eventually approach that final love, the one that's been patiently waiting for your return, your last love. I'm going to share some excerpts from a powerful poem by Rachel McKibbins. It has no title, which is probably fitting. Know that your first love will only be the first, and the second and third and even fourth will unprepare you for the most important, the blessed, the beast, the last love, which is, of course, the most terrifying kind, because Which of us wants to go with what can murder us? Which of us wants to go with what can murder us? And you will hear yourself say, Last love, I wish to die so I may come back to you, new and never tasted by any other mouth but yours. Or you will say, Last love, I am old and have spent myself on the courageless, have wasted too many clocks on undeserving men. So I hurl myself at the throne of you and lie humbly at your feet. Last love, let me never roll out of this heavy dream of you. Let the day I was born mean my life will end where you end. Let the man behind the church do what he did if it brings me to you. Let the girls in the locker room corner me again if it brings me to you. Let this wild depression throw me beneath its hooves if it brings me to you. Let me pronounce my hoarded joy if it brings me to you. Let my father break me again and again if it brings me to you. 
Last love, I have let other men borrow your children. Forgive me. Last love, I once vowed my heart to another. Forgive me. Last love, I have let my blind and anxious hands wander into a room and come out empty. Forgive me. Last love, I have cursed the women you loved before me. Forgive me. Last love, I envy your mother's body where you resided first. Forgive me. Last love, I am all that is left. Forgive me. Last love, I did not see you coming. Forgive me. Last love, every day without you was a life I crawled out of. Amen. Last love, you are my last love. Amen. Last love, I am all that is left. Amen. I am all that is left. Amen. I am all that is left. Amen. Oof. How accurately she describes the burning away, the fatigue, the shedding of what we had clung to so fiercely, and then turns the tide towards a truly passionate embrace of her own self, her own tender heart, underneath all the hurdles of life. They've all been preparations for this final love. She's ready to come home. So where are you, I wonder? Where are you on this mysterious and miraculous road back to your own heart? Have you ever forsaken yourself, your inner knowing, your intuition? Have you shelved your true passions for something more easily accessible? Absolutely no judgment needed here. Just watching, just watching and trusting what arises. I remember many years ago, maybe 30, before I had more than a passing interest in anything spiritual. I was driving to Seattle and listening to a tape. Yes, <laughs> a tape in those days. It was from the library and who knows why I'd selected it. But the woman on the tape kept speaking of those shadows that lurked in the back reaches of your being. Skeletons, she called them. Those wounded places that had been starved of love that had been stuffed into a cupboard and locked the door. I remember bursting into tears as I drove, just tears streaming down because something deeper than my conscious mind had listened and heard and knew the truth of those words. I had no idea what might reside in the back corners of my heart, but something wiser than my busy mind knew there was work to be done. Perhaps that was the first hint, the first opening to the possibility of healing, of returning to a greater wholeness that had long been discarded and forgotten. So, I ask you, are there any places 
in your heart, in your being that have been submerged, hidden away, that might be ready for the wide embrace of your loving heart, a step towards falling even more deeply in love with all of you, with your very own self. Maybe you could take a few minutes in the coming days and just sit with this and see what your heart might offer. So I'll leave you today with a poem that I wrote, oh, several years ago. And the title runs into the first line. Dream the in-loveness of your own heart until you can feel it. Dream the in-loveness of your own heart until you can feel it. Let your life be that, a hymn to your blemishless being. Shine your light like the sun spreading over the meadow at dawn, growing brighter. How far have you trawled? How long have you sought the answer? How often has the key to eternity been laid at your feet? Lean now into the secret, open without need. Embrace the bouquet of all that is unknown, but know this, you have always been free. You have always been free. Laugh in the face of what scares you for he hides in the sleeve of your deepest fear. Don't doubt that the craving is him, bearing intimate gifts of what is most true. Be still, listen to the love that is more exquisite than life. Heed, heed now, it is coming for you. This love, this exquisite, expansive, seamless love, it's coming for you. Signing off today with gentle hugs, a gentle embrace for all of those those dangling pieces, those remnant weeds that are still looking for that love. So we can all come home in the fullness, in the wholeness, in the totality of love without compromise, without exception, without apology. So we can merge back, back into that beautiful one that one unified field of love. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with others. And if you'd like to hear more, you can find me on my website, anaramana.com. 
And also on there is a link to become a member of my Patreon family, where for a donation I offer additional gifts and bonuses, like guided meditations and private Zoom calls. Much love to you. Till next time.